MMA fans, Dan Urban here, joined remotely by my partner, Scott Fontana, back with more Couchside Judges. We're a day away from more live fights as UFC Apex hosts its first UFC Fight Night card on ESPN. We'll have thoughts on that fight card, but before that, we're going to put headliner Tyron Woodley's last fight through past judgment, ahead of his first trip to the Octagon since losing his welterweight title last year. It's been almost 15 months since we last saw him. And for those who may have forgotten, Woodley did not look good that night at all. But we didn't pick his championship loss to Kamara Usman to rag on one of the greatest welterweights of all time. Dan and I chose it because we think it's a great way to illustrate how our CSJ scoring system allows for more diverse round scores than the ABC's current system. And that's what past judgment is all about. Of course, we wanted a Woodley fight in particular because he's facing Gilbert Burns in Saturday's main event. Like I said, he's been out of the cage for a while, but it wasn't supposed to be quite this long a layoff. First, he was supposed to face Robbie Lawler last June, but he injured his hand. Then he was going to face Leon Edwards in London in March. But that was right as the coronavirus started shutting down the entire global economy and wreaking havoc on travels. But uh, third time's the charm, right, Dan? I suppose. I mean, I don't know how big of a, a name Gilbert Burns is just yet for Woodley. I don't know how far that propels him. But for Burns, this for sure, if he can get this win, that's huge for him. No, absolutely. It's definitely uh, a lot to lose, but little to gain for Woodley here, especially you know in light of the fact that the the division's kind of moving on without him. But at least the win here, the, the one thing you can say for it is it saves face allows him to keep his name in the running for, you know, bigger fights and that. But yeah, all loss will be detrimental. Yeah, if he loses here, it's it's a tough road to climb back to the title picture. Absolutely. And you know, let's leave the rest of our thoughts on Saturday's fights for after pass judgment. We'll dive into Woodley Usman right after Dan goes over how the CSJ scoring system works. So Dan, take it away. Yeah, we use a modified version of the ABC's criteria used by most commissions with just a few key differences. Like certified judges, we evaluate rounds using the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, in that order. We've made it so a strong 10-9 round would be scored as a 10-8, while a traditional 10-8 round becomes a 10-7. Closer rounds would still just be 10-9s, even if only by a small margin. This allows for more diverse scores in the hope of more accurately reflecting what happened in a fight. We also dropped aggressiveness and area control as tiebreakers, but these aren't intended to be used very often anyway. We can only use the 10-10s in largely uneventful rounds. Scott, your turn to set the stage for Woodley Usman. So these two met at UFC 235 on March 2nd last year at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. It was one of two title fights that night. The other one was the main event between John Jones and Anthony Smith for the light heavyweight title. Yeah, I actually watched that one too. As I, After I rewatched this one, I watched that one. Yeah, yeah. What did you think the second time? Uh, still a fun fight. Props to Anthony Smith for not taking an easy victory via disqualification again. That was pretty much the only memorable part about that fight for me. I'll have to watch that again someday. But uh, as far as this one, Woodley coming into this fight, he'd been the champion for almost three years. He defended the belt four times. One was a draw against uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson that he later won the rematch. He most recently tapped out Darren Till with a darst choke in September 2018. Usman... He hadn't lost since his second pro fight six years earlier, so he's really on a roll. He'd won season 21 of The Ultimate Fighter. He's 9-0 in the UFC. He had just won five-round decisions over Rafael Dos Anjos and Damian Maia in 2018 to earn the title shot. The judges for this one were Michael Bell, Derek Cleary, and Dave Hagan, and the referee was Mark Goddard. So let's jump into round one then. Dan, take it away. 
round one wasn't that eventful of a round in my eyes. Pretty much clinched against the cage because Usman's shooting a takedown. I think Woodley grabs a guillotine because he's going to get taken down anyway. Might as well try to do something. And it kind of stayed there. He, you know, Usman had some strong body shots in the round. I should know that guillotine that he went for, he never really had guard or anything like that. Usman wasn't in much danger. He wasn't in danger at all there. But Usman was landing some good body shots. You know, no real immediate impact, but you just know these things are going to add up. You know, the one thing I remember distinctly coming offensively from Usman was he had a good right with about 90 seconds left in the round. Uh, he was also landing some good knees. Th- those were the more memorable offensive moments for Usman for me. But you're right, it, it definitely was... I don't want to say a lackluster round, but it was, you know, it was a little more soft in terms of, of the action, uh, especially in terms of what we'd end up seeing later on. Right. So I ended up scoring it 10-9 for Usman. Yeah, I went the same way. Uh, you know, Usman, he, he was pressuring Woodley most of the round, but you don't really score that. Uh, so, you know, he certainly wasn't really controlling the bulk of the offensive action in the round or anything like that. And he definitely wasn't doing enough damage that you would start considering, you know, either of those two other Ds, duration and dominance. So 1D for me, that's a 10-9 for Usman. I agree. Yeah, I, I didn't really see much offense from Woodley in that round outside of that weak guillotine attempt. Yeah, that that's that's not enough. That's not There's not a good result from that. It really didn't lead to anything. So I wouldn't score that very heavily either. I think we make the right call. Uh, and the judges, all three of them, also made the right call here, 10-9 Usman. I think that's the only score. Now, round two, a little more eventful, wouldn't you say, Dan? This was a much more action-packed round, at least for one guy. Yeah. <laughs> Starts up again, you know, Usman has him against the cage. He lands a big elbow, ends up giving him a, Woodley a little cut. That was really early in the round. It was only like 75 seconds in. Gets some kind of, you know, body lock and just Woodley goes for a ride. This was a pretty high-impact takedown. Straight into side control, and Usman quickly mounted from there. Yeah, yeah. That that's that was a good slam. It was like that nice body lock slam. That's the type of takedown where you've got to give it a little bit more offensive weight. Oh, absolutely. When I was watching that, I was actually surprised to see Tyron Woodley go for that kind of ride. You just not you don't see that. I think people still underrate Usman's wrestling, and I I don't understand at this point how that still happens. But you almost sort of got it at the time a year ago. But even then, it's like he's a fantastic wrestler uh, and he's been utilizing it really well in MMA too so it's not even like well does it translate we already know it does but anyway back to the fight uh Usman's in the mountain he's not throwing a ton of volume but he is landing some good selective ground and pound oh and they're hard they're yes. really hard shots uh and and Woodley all he's doing is just trying to lock him down and and you know prevent him from doing anything he's just holding on you see this a lot from high level guys when they get put in a bad spot you just wonder if they're doing enough you know bad positional training because sometimes they just look lost like you don't granted these guys are probably the best in their gym i would say woodley's probably since he's the bigger guy he's most likely not being under mount that much at rufus sport that's possible that's that's certainly possible i've always actually been a big fan of woodley's submission game and and all that but you're right you don't see him too much on his back you know not just because he's a wrestler but you know i wonder maybe he really just wasn't drilling it that much or maybe it was just he he got in a bad spot and maybe was out of sorts you know it's hard to say yeah we're just speculating of course of course of course um usman he starts kind of looking for an arm triangle 
Uh, Woodley was defending it really well, but it was it was a decent attack. It forced him to it forced him to react in uh, yes somewhat. I guess I don't want to say negative way, but you know it forced him to defend. And the other thing, Usman eventually does break three of Woodley holding on, and he's posturing up, landing some really hard shots too. Yeah, he was he was yeah. very patient with his ground and pound, which I like that he wasn't just throwing. It was patient, but not lay and pray. You know, right. it certainly right. wasn't that. He wasn't just trying to stay just busy enough. This was a man who was looking for the right timing, and when he did, he made it count. Right, and as we know throughout this fight, he needed to stay busy on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll get to the why in just a little bit. Uh, but, you know, damage, huge damage output from Usman here. Duration-wise, we're looking at almost four minutes of this effective offense being laid on him. As far as I'm concerned, that's good duration there. You know, want to talk about that second D of the three Ds. And then dominance. I mean, Woodley's doing nothing here. He's, he had a little bit of offensive output early on but it wasn't much and yeah outside of that light kick yeah yeah really that was about it and then it just got completely washed away by everything that Usman was doing for almost four minutes so <laughs> we're talking about effective striking and effective grappling to a very high degree he just he wasn't near a finish but for me this is a 10-7 round in our scoring absolutely sky i agree it checked all three d's for me damage dominance duration 10-7 yeah, I, this is really this is a textbook 10-7, I think, for us. If there's someone who wants to make a minority argument that because Woodley wasn't near being finished and that maybe it's only two Ds, okay, fine. But I still saw the other two as dominant enough or strong enough, and this as well, that it's okay to go 10-7 here. That's fine. So cumulatively now, we're looking at 20-16 to 16 Usman after two rounds. It's a wild score. Yeah, and then looking at the judges here, though, all three gave it 10-9. This is a mistake. I, I I really truly feel that way, and I, I just don't really know why this didn't meet the criteria from any of the three gentlemen who were judging this fight to go for a 10-8. Uh, I, I don't get it. I, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think 10-9 is the proper score here. Maybe they didn't think he was landing all that effectively from top mount i don't know but they looked they sure looked really effective to me yeah you don't want to think it's just what the positioning of the judges are because there's three of them and none of them saw this and so somebody would have had a good angle at it I, i'm kind of disappointed at it but uh either way what we have now is a, a 20 to 18 score for usman after two rounds from the actual judges yeah and that's just not that indicative of how this fight's going I agree. I agree. But let's move on to round three, Scott. What's going on? So inside the first minute, late in the first minute, Usman clinches up with Woodley. And he just goes to town on the body with 19 unanswered body shots. It just ripped to the cage. Oh, my goodness. These were hard. These body shots were hellacious. It was like watching, it was like watching Rocky pound the, uh, pound the meat. He was in, in the, the butcher in the, shop. In the meat locker. Yeah, he was. <laughs> And Woodley, he's barely even trying to block them. Like, his hand's kind of there. He's really not doing anything to stop it. And those had to hurt, no question. They definitely hurt. I mean, I just, he was just willing to eat them. I don't, I don't know if, how much it affected him, but it had to, it had to hurt. That had like, to hurt. You know, at some point I saw during the broadcast, I don't remember at what point, but some at some point the UFC broadcast showed 
that he had taken 102 body shots. It's a lot of I don't shots. Care. I don't care if they were pitter-patter shots. 102 body shots is eventually going to affect you, and those were absolutely far from pitter-patter. Oh, absolutely. These were not pitter-patter. He was digging in. Now, to be fair, Woodley works his way out of just this situation where he's just eating unanswered shots, and both men start to kind of land in the clinch. Uh, to me, though, Usman's still landing a lot harder and more often. Yeah. No, Woodley did. Ha- I think this is Woodley's best round of the fight, albeit not good enough to take the round. <sighs> Disagree. <laughs> he landed a good right, which seemed to wobble Usman. It was about a minute to go. He, he tags him, right? Yeah, he was throwing some knees in the clinch, like you mentioned. And early in the round, he landed a couple flurries, which Usman basically just covered up and backed off from. I can definitely see the argument going 10-8, but I didn't. I went 10-9 for Usman. You know, I went 10-8. I feel good about this. I see what you're saying, but I, I would disagree with it. The one thing I would like to point out, though, that this made no sense tactically from for me. Woodley, when he again, when he tags him with about a minute left in the round, he just moves right away. He, he was out of it. He was on his back foot all night, backing up. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And in his corner, obviously, later on we saw was really pushing for him to throw strikes in bunches, and he just wasn't doing that. And this was a perfect opportunity to, to at least unload a little bit. Yeah, he had his shot. Uh, I mean, Usman was definitely affected by that that strike. So he was, but even still. I thought that Usman had most of this round punishing him in the clinch. And that gets, that for me was the second D. Woodley just had those rare moments that were only that, you know, moments. Uh, so for me, you know, you're talking about damage. I gave it to Usman. Duration, I thought Usman did enough for there. Wasn't quite dominant. So if I, I've, I'm looking at two Ds here. This is why I've got 10-8. Okay. I, I mean, I get the argument. So cumulatively now, we're looking at, you have 30 to 25 Usman, and I have 30 to 24, which, at least on my score, that means Woodley can only draw at best. If he was to get two 10-7s the rest of the way, it'd be a draw at 44 to 44. But realistically, that's not happening. Yeah, that's a tough uh, spot so he's, to be He's in. looking at finish or lose, yeah. What about the actual judges? The judges here, all three went 10-9 Usman, which... Yeah, that's what I would have scored it as well. I think they did the right thing here. and there are, But they're looking at 30-27 on their cards. And again, I just don't think that matches. But what it does at least say is that Woodley definitely needs a finish at this point to really change it around, or at least one dominant round. Uh, so his, his corner being so urgent between rounds here makes a lot of sense. We're heading into the championship rounds. What do you got? Yes, yeah, so round four here, we're talking about <laughs> Woodley making the mistake of sitting for another guillotine 30 seconds in just slips right off huge mistake something that doesn't even score for him and he just he's put in another bad position right in front of Judge Hagen for most of the round this guy's focus is incredible oh Hagen yeah he was just like a laser focused in that's what you want from a judge right that's awesome yeah man action was right in front of him nothing around him was distracting that that's incredible now, Usman, he's keeping busy with uh, with these shoulder strikes here, which were landing pretty hard, and I thought that was good. But then, after a little while, after a couple minutes, Mark Goddard stands them up. Yeah, I kind of felt he was kind of just sticking around in guard. I I mean, I you know me, I don't really like stand-ups to begin with. Yeah. But he wasn't all that active on the ground. He wasn't trying to pass. He really was just throwing those shoulders. 
but you know, for me, he had already got, inserted himself a little too much into this fight because it was earlier in the fight where Goddard broke up a clinch situation where Usman was definitely offensive. He was active. Yeah, I didn't like the clinch breaks. I thought because that's when he was doing a lot of damage to the body. Well, not yes. That's when he was landing those big shots. But on the break, Goddard tells Usman that this is a fight. <laughs> and I think Usman takes it to heart because he responds with some of the most effective strikes of the entire fight and almost puts Woodley out. I mean, Woodley was on some wobbly legs. Yes, he was in, he was in real trouble here. He, he lands great knees from a tie clinch first off, which were good. Later on with about a minute to go is what you're talking about. Uppercuts, wide winging combos, and Woodley's just covering up trying to avoid the fence. Yeah, and you know Woodley was throwing some uppercuts back. He was landing some decent shots of his own. He landed a decent knee too, like a like a very good knee actually to the head. But what Usman really kept coming at that point. He he wasn't really deterred by it. It was a good strike. It landed hard, but it didn't change anything Usman was doing. He was he was rolling. Yeah, I'm gonna say that flurry from Woodley saved him from a 10-7 for me, and I went 10-8. Yeah, I also went 10-8. I think for me it was a lot of also the periods of inaction in this round. That kept it away from a 10-7? Yeah, the early parts of the fight. It was, it was like probably from, what, the a minute into the round until like three minutes had passed. So that's a good two-minute stretch where, yeah, he was kind of just laying on him, not quite as busy like you were saying. But on the whole, this was Usman controlling almost all of it. Yeah, this is Usman round. I mean, small burst of offense from Woodley, which was answered with better offense from Usman. Yeah, you just like to see the the consistency of that like that type of flurry throughout the round. So that's why I didn't quite give it the duration. But he was very, very much putting Woodley in trouble late in the round. So I, I gave that some dominance uh, considerations. So that's why I went to 10-8 as well. Yeah, for sure. So cumulatively now, you're talking about 40-33, to 33, Usman, and I have 40-32. to 32. Obviously, it's finish or lose. Yeah, he's got to finish. And that's what it was on the judges' cards as well that night. Bell and Hagen, they both gave this a 10-8 for Usman, which I was surprised they gave this the 10-8 and not round two. I don't disagree. I don't know if I would have went 10-8 in this situation because it was kind of borderline. Derek Cleary went 10-9, and I think maybe that's what I would have done, but it's it's hard to say. It's, it's kind of borderline. You, know, you can kind of go either way, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I still lean towards the 10-8. Okay. All right. Fair enough. For the fact, Woodley was clearly, you know, hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, I think you can accept either one personally, especially at this point in the fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the four round tallies, though, we're talking about Bell and Hagen have 40 to 35, and Cleary has it 40 to 36. So even on these judges' cards, it's going just about as we have witnessed, where Usman is just controlling it and Woodley can do nothing to win. On their cards. Final round. It's do or die at this point for Woodley. Well, obviously, as we know, Woodley does not get the finish. And he is going to lose the decision. But this was not quite as dominant a round, in my opinion, uh, as the rounds we most of the rounds we saw earlier. You know, Woodley, he again fishes for that standing guillotine. Usman clearly in no danger. You know, just, just picks the Woodley up and dumps him right into half guard. And still not much danger there. He didn't even respect it. Yeah. I'll give you that, but it's not that it was doing much. It was pretty much just Usman waiting it out. Yeah, then gets the high crotch, throws him on the ground, like you said. With an attack like that, 
you want to see a situation where the person who's on the defensive actually needs to do something to get out of it. Usman really didn't do that. He was just kind of waiting it out, waiting to bide his time. Uh, so I just didn't see that as a strong enough attack. Yeah, no danger. Woodley. Especially, you know, forget about from a scoring perspective. Does Woodley think he's going to finish it with that guillotine? I don't know. I mean, you hear Dominic Cruz on the broadcast saying Woodley's basically throwing Hail Marys at this point. All or sure, nothing. But, <laughs> I mean, if I'm Woodley and I'm throwing Hail Marys, I'm throwing them with my hands because I'm Tyron Woodley and I've got some bombs. And you just didn't see that at all. I don't know. Woodley Woodley fought a strange fight. I he think. fought a very strange fight. Absolutely. He didn't have it that night at all. No. It, to get back to the, the events of this round, of course, um, Usman, he, you know, once he's on the ground, gets out, obviously, of the guillotine. He's keeping busy, you know, with some ground shots. Not not really punishing, but they're hard enough. Uh, and Woodley's not really answering either. You know, just not, not the most eventful round, in my opinion. Uh, but not a snoozer. See, I disagree this this is where i saw immediate impact with his body shots on the ground okay he was i thought these shots finally broke through and now each one is just pain you see at one point woodley takes his far arm his right arm and slides it between their two bodies to try to like use that to like oh stop hitting me there please and he you see he keeps throwing his knee up as sort of trying to get that in there as a shield to me, that was like, all right, I, these can't happen anymore. Okay. I can understand that. I, I disagree. I did, to me, in my assessment, it really just didn't look that they were quite so punishing. Yeah. Well, you know what? If he didn't eat as many body shots throughout this whole fight, they likely wouldn't have been. But this is the point where now the, the accumulation is actually starting to show some immediate effect in, in my eyes. Uh, that's fair. I'll say this, though. Usman definitely had the duration of this round. It was almost all him other than that guillotine. Oh, yeah. There's no debate in that. So it does kind of give me that second D. However, for me, it was not a high degree of output. And Usman, he wasn't exactly coasting, but he wasn't really taking risks either at this point in the fight. I can see a 10-8 here in our system, but I actually went 10-9. Yeah, so and as you know, I went 10-8. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> the funny thing is, as a result... You and I ended up with the same final score, 50-41, to 41, Usman. Yeah, 50-41, I think that is a very reflective of what actually happened in this fight. It was total domination from bell to bell, pretty much. Now, the judges who were actually working that night, the real judges, they all went 10-9 Usman here. That's that's the score. You wouldn't go 10-8 in this round right. uh, on their system, for sure. Um, so Bell and Hagen, they have a 50-44 final, and Cleary's score is 50-45. to 45. But to me, it really ought to be a 50-44 or 43. Uh, I, th- I think you could go 50-43 if you wanted. 50-43 would, would be fine. Yeah, I, I went fifty. I would have gone 50-44 personally, but I think you would have ended up at the 43, right? I would have had round two and four as 10-8s. Yeah, I, I just thought round two was the better case for a 10-8. Oh, yeah, it was, it was much easier to give a 10-8 for that one. Yeah, you know, we, we discussed it already, but I, I just, I think it's, a little weird that they went that way in that round, but not in round four. You know, not that Joe Rogan is a judge, but the action that he's calling, he's talking about this is a definite 10-8 round. And I agree. You know, I don't think that's him creeping as a worm into my head telling me what it is. That that was a 10-8 round in, in ABC scoring. Absolutely. Yep. But let's talk about what happened after this fight. You know, 
not necessarily the results, but just what we learned about Usman. He looked so fantastic. He was great here. This just solidified his spot in everyone's eyes. He proved himself against the world's best and dominated. Yeah, you know, I really see him holding on to the belt for a while. He already beat Colby Covington last year. You know, whatever you think about the stoppage in that fight doesn't matter. He was going to win on the cards if it didn't happen. That was a real test for him to pass, too. I think that's only going to make him stronger as a fighter. I don't think that's one of those fights that takes years off your career. I think it's just one that sharpens you. I got to agree that he's going to be the champ for a long time. I see him being in the GOAT conversation when this is all said and done. Wow. I mean, yeah, those, those are strong words, man. <sighs> Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to table that talk for myself. I'm, I'm not ready to think like that, but I will say this. He is still getting better in the other facets beyond wrestling. I'm really excited to see where he goes. Let him, let him get there. That's what I'm going to let him do. He's young I too. I don't look at it. Yeah, he is young. And I don't really look at anybody in his division or anybody who might be coming up from another division or down from another division. I don't see anyone as a true threat to him. I think whoever comes his way, there's people who could, give him a challenge and maybe beat him, but Usman should be favored against every single person who steps into the cage with him until he's not. Colby was probably his best. Sure. And they'll look, they're going to rematch at some point. They'll rematch at some point. It's just going to happen. But I do wonder, not to get too far off topic, what Colby Covington leaving uh, ATT is going to do for his development. Yeah, who's he going to train with? Because that's a, that's a big camp. To get back to the fight we were just discussing... I can't remember a time where such a long-time, maybe not dominant, you know, long-time champion was so thoroughly dominated for five rounds. I can't think of one off the top of my head. This was a very puzzling fight for Woodley. I can't figure it out. He could he could have just had a really off night. Yeah, I mean, these happen, you know. I understand that. Uh, credit to Usman, of course. This is not to take away from him, but Woodley just looked completely out of sorts for most of the fight. And, you know, he's making tactical errors that I was talking about, you know, fishing for the late guillotine. He's not going to hit that after 15, 20 minutes. Should have listened to Dean Thomas in his corner and just bit down on the mouthpiece. Yeah, I'd go for broke. It's, you know, it's easy for me to say because I'm not fighting. Dean Thomas is his cornerman and a former fighter. So if he's telling you that, I mean, it, at least that's something that certifies it in my mind as should have done it. Yeah, and he was he was backing up the entire fight. He, he really didn't come forward at all. It's puzzling. It's, that's what comes to mind, puzzling. <laughs> but of course, Woodley, as we mentioned, he's back in action this weekend finally. You know, I'm not one who's going to just say, oh, you know, he didn't look that great in his last fight and it was more than a year ago. We need to write him off. He's just an incredible talent, so I'm not ready to do that. But Burns is no joke. Absolutely. Gilbert Burns is dangerous. He just come off a knockout win over Damian Maya. Yeah, and few people stop Damian Maya. That once you do that, you're obviously announcing your presence in the division. Uh, it was just two months ago. He's back already. Yeah, he's been he's been trying to fight Woodley for a while. He has. The one thing I will say about Woodley is that he's thirty eight now. This is actually the thing that gives me the most pause. He's thirty eight years old. He's a big guy, you know. I don't know how much he enjoys making that cut to 170 these days. You know, I I do think there's some reasons to worry about Woodley here, uh, especially because Burns has so many tools in his belt. You know, on the ground, on his feet, he hits hard. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm actually kind of I'm gonna pick Burns to win a decision here, five round decision. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna say Burns is gonna win, but he is going to get a submission. Ooh, 
Yeah, it's, that's bold. That's bold. I'm not. I'm not willing to go there. I think Woodley's got enough survivability, and, and he knows what to do. So I think he would make it the distance. Yeah, he's never been submitted. That's kind of why I'm going that way. Okay, against the grain. I like it. I like it. Uh, if it does go my way, though, the judges here should be the typical A-level Nevada judges that we are accustomed to. Probably some of the people we saw flown into Florida a couple weeks ago, guys like Chris Lee, Sal Yamato, maybe Michael Bell and Ron McCarthy. Uh, it doesn't mean they'll make people watching happy with their decisions, but I think they're, these are the best individuals we have to make these calls. So I'm always excited when we get when you get the big guys in there, the big yeah, guns. For sure. You want the best doing the most important fights. So what about uh, the other fights you're looking to see? Uh, this, on the whole, I don't love the uh, the undercard, but what are you most excited to see? I am most excited to watch Mackenzie Dern versus Hannah Cyphers. And why is that? That is because I want to see if Hannah Cyphers decided to work on her ground defense at all. Yeah, yeah. You've been critical of her amount of escapes before. She was totally dominated by, you know, a kickboxer in Angela Hill. Angela Hill is more than just a kickboxer now, but I understand your point. She's not Mackenzie Dern on the ground. Mackenzie Dern's a world champ. ADCC champ. Yeah, I always worry about Mackenzie Dern making weight. Uh, I still would like to see her more at 125 pounds or at least make sure that she can much more easily make the cut here. So that's a concern I have. But, you know, I, it, it's an interesting, you know, this is a stylistic matchup that, you know, kind of old school style, obviously, grappler against striker. Yeah, I also want to see real quick, I want to watch uh, Caitlin Chikagian versus Antonina Shevchenko. Now it's uh, the other sister's turn to fight Chikagian. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not Valentina. But uh, it's still an interesting matchup to me. It's an interesting matchup, but I I have to think that Jukagian is going to take this. That being a women's flyweight fight, I'm actually more excited for a men's flyweight fight between Tim Elliott and Brandon Royval. Yeah, Elliott is he always comes to fight. He always comes to fight. He's always fun to watch. But Brandon Royval, I'm actually really intrigued by. He was the former LFA champion. Uh, his last two wins by first round armbar. You'd like this guy. His last was a wild 23-second victory. You should go watch this. Go, go on YouTube. It's right there. Um, he's 5'9", really tall for a flyweight. So I'm curious to see what he can do in uh, in the UFC. Are you telling me he's a submission specialist? I'm telling you he won his last two fights by first-round armbar. You can take from that as you will. I don't know enough about him yet, but I'm eager to learn. All right. Well, this guy is now on my radar. There you go. Yeah, you're going to want to watch this one too? Yes, I do. Well, I want to watch them all, but... Of course, but, you know, yeah. some more than others. Yeah, of course. And that's a wrap on this episode of the Couchside Judges. Check back with us again Monday morning when we'll break down all the contested rounds from Saturday's event at UFC Apex. We'll save the next past judgment for later in the week when we preview UFC 250 with Amanda Nunes taking on Felicia Spencer in the main event. Show us some love and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Couchside Judges, as well as myself at Dan Urban MMA. Give me a follow on Twitter too at Scott underscore Fontana. Thanks for checking out this episode. Until next time, stay healthy and safe. See ya. See ya.